Hello and welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club. I'm your host, Gabe Peterson, and this is the place investors go to gain actionable advice, learn about current market trends, and hear war stories from other professional investors out there in the field today. Before we get started, I have two quick housekeeping items for you. First, if you like this episode, we would very much appreciate a like, subscribe, and share. It is the best way to support the show and keep it running far into the future. Second, if you're a new investor looking to get started in real estate or an experienced investor looking to take your investing to the next level, I've created an ebook just for you that will cover how to find deals that are actually deals, how to finance those deals with little to no money down, and how to exit those deals for maximum value. On top of that, I throw in an insane amount of free bonuses that you'll have access to once you buy the ebook. All I charge is our admin costs to keep this show running. So if you're serious about real estate investing and want to create both active and passive income as an investor, head on over to the website at therealestateinvestingclub.com and click on the button that says, get the ebook in the upper right-hand corner to grab yourself a copy. With that said, let's dive right in. Today, we have a very special guest with us ready to drop some investor knowledge on you. So buckle up, grab your pen and paper and enjoy the ride. All right, we are back with another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club. Today, we got Dan Haberkost with us today. I actually, I, I figured out how to say his last name. Usually, yeah. I butchered it, but Dan, I'm glad I got that one for you. Um, Dan is a uh, he got started as a teenager in the real estate and went on to become financially free in his 20s, which is the dream of most investors. So, Dan, yeah. I'm really happy to have you on. How are you doing today? Gabe, I'm great. Thanks. Uh, thanks a lot for having me. And I, I appreciate that. You did get the name uh, spot on there, Habercost. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I definitely got an early start in the real estate world. And we'll dive into that here in a minute. Yeah, I didn't want to steal too much of your thunder there um, by taking up your, your whole story. So sure. that's, that's where we are right now. You know, we start with stories at the Real Estate yep. Investing Club. We like to hear how people got from point A to point B. Um, so why don't you take us to yours? How'd you get started back in uh, back in your high school days? Sure. So yeah, I think stories drive home points uh, better than any, anything. So I started when I was 16 years old, managing a portfolio of rentals for my boss at the time, along with a, a farm. So I'm barely old enough to drive and I'm having to leave high school to go deal with tenant problems. And I'll, I'll tell you, that experience did not make me want to be in real estate. He, in hindsight, didn't take too good care of his properties. They were already in, you know, C minus D plus areas. And he had a very confrontational dynamic with his tenants. Oh, so and no aspect a high of schooler that. in there. Wow. This guy's. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. In hindsight agreed. I, I won't, I won't go too in depth on that, but point being those early experiences, I didn't know what it was preparing me for, but it did show me what not to do when it comes to owning rental properties. So I, I definitely uh, at that time did not want to own any myself. I didn't know the value, but uh, ended up doing that job throughout high school. And then uh, in college, I actually, while going to school, managed a landscaping company. And that was kind of trial by fire. I'm working 45, 50 hours a week, going to school full time and managing guys, you know, 10, 20 years older than myself. Uh, I was responsible for pretty much everything on the residential side from selling the work to managing the numbers uh, and the gross margins, 
everything basically other than the accounting, hiring and firing. Uh, and so when I was about 20 years old, I, I looked at the experience I had and I thought, okay, I haven't had a whole lot of fun through high school and college, but I definitely have a skill set that's applicable to building some sort of business. I didn't know what that business was going to be, but I was finishing up school in the next year. So I knew I wanted to do something with that extra time once I was done with college. So I started reading different books, listening to podcasts, talking to people. I looked into equities, real estate, different types of businesses I could start. And nothing was really particularly interesting until like just about everyone else I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Uh, which blew my mind, right? It completely changed my thinking uh, because I didn't know anything about investing. I didn't understand the concept of buying or creating assets that pay passive income because nobody that I grew up around was anything but an employee. Uh, nobody was financially independent. Nobody owned a business. And it was a pretty dismal outlook uh, that I grew up around. So that was a whole new world to me. And at the same time, I, I found a few real estate podcasts and one of my coworkers at the, the landscaping company, we were at lunch one day and he goes, yeah, I just, I just finished rehabbing my duplex. So tenants moved upstairs. I'm living downstairs and they're paying the mortgage. And I go, whoa, what, what, what are you talking about? And so anyways, through uh, uh, kind of searching for a business to start, I discovered real estate and when I was 21, so shortly before finishing college, I bought a duplex, closed on that as a house hack. That was back in Ohio where I still was at the time. Uh, still own that today. Property manager manages it. But that was my first purchase. And shortly thereafter, I ended up moving to Colorado. Didn't want to stay in Ohio uh, uh, for my whole life. So got out here and it quickly became apparent that I didn't want to just work a W-2 job and slowly buy real estate on the side. I wanted to scale. I wanted to figure out a way to make a tremendous income that I could quickly uh, buy more real estate with. You know, you hear about all the low and no money down strategies when you're when you're new and those sell a lot of books. And sure, you can buy a property or two that way. But at the end of the day, this is a cash intensive business. Somebody needs yeah, to have I, cash, whether it's you or your partner. Honestly, uh, I get I get angry when I hear people say you don't need any money to get into real estate. Because I'm like, come on, uh, that's not true. You no, know, that's, that's not true. <laughs> you know, that's not true at all. It's not. So to, starting a marketing business that people would call wholesaling. Sure, you can do that without a lot of money, but that's not investing. That's starting a marketing business using real estate and, and, and kind of using a loophole to sell real estate to other investors. So you're around investors, you're around investing and you're learning how to find deals, but you're not an investor as a wholesaler unless you're buying some of the properties. So yeah, no, that, that, I agree with you hundred percent. So anyways, that, that became clear to me uh, after buying a couple of properties, Hey, I need to figure out how to make a lot of money if I want to scale this. Right. So as of today, I have a land and development business on the active side where I'm buying and selling land, building on the prime lots, right? And that's how I create the income. And then I have 10 tenants between four properties on the residential side and am currently working on buying a commercial building. Uh, I don't really want to stay with single family houses or duplexes. They've been a great base, great place to start and learn. Uh, but I really want to get uh, into the, well, there's, there's two types of assets I'm looking at right now. I've made a couple offers on some uh, office spaces that have a bit of industrial in the back or a small multifamily. I mean, it's hard to go wrong with that. So those are the those are the two uh, assets I'm marketing for and looking to buy right now. So yeah, obviously that was quick, but that's kind of where I'm at today. Uh, and, and so I have the active business that feeds the passive. 
Cool, man. I love it. No, it's a, it's a great story, especially, you know, you got your hands dirty very early on um, with <laughs> yeah. that property management company. Yeah, and literally, that is, yeah. Yeah, that is a, uh, that's a good way to get started for sure. I mean, you, I'm sure you saw and learned um, from a very, very early age that uh, property management can be hard. It is not an easy job for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so all right. So you you did that. You got your active business buying and selling land. That's uh, that's pretty cool. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, I want to ask why office space. That's something that a lot of people are, um, especially now. They're they're kind of going away from. Um, I think it's a great asset class. But why why do you want to go in that direction? So more specifically, what what interests me is a couple things. Number one, barrier to entry. So. I look at land and that's been very profitable and easy because a lot of people don't understand it. There's not a lot of people going after it. There's not near as much educational content, so it's not as easy to learn about it. So a lot of people just stay away. And when there's far fewer people going after the asset, it it leads to mispricings. It's much easier to go buy a piece of land at 30 cents on the dollar. Try doing that with a house. That's not easy. So taking that same concept, and and I think you're applying this in your own business with mobile home parks and self-storage. They're not as easy. They're a little more complex. There's a higher barrier to entry. So these commercial buildings that I'm looking at would fit that that description as well, right? So there aren't near as many people looking at these mixed properties with office and industrial in the back. So that's number one. There's a higher barrier to entry. It's less well-known, but if you take the time to learn it and get over that barrier, then you benefit from it, right? Uh, number two, it's the the long term triple net leases. I mean, those mm-hmm. are those are hard to beat. I have a couple older friends, and with everything I've done, I've simply found people who are you know been doing it twice as long as I've been alive, and I just go learn from them to shorten the learning curve. So I have a couple friends that own quite a bit of uh, space similar to what I'm describing: Walgreens, strip centers, office uh, mixed with industrial, that sort of thing. And <clears throat> excuse me, the long-term triple net leases are really what are appealing to me in that space. So the two buildings I've made offers on here in the last month, both of them were occupied by a national tenant, triple net leases, long-term, right? So, so, so that is far more passive. And uh, I also like the fact that uh, there's not quite as much negative government intervention into that sort of thing right now. Right. Obviously, the laws here in Colorado and a lot of places are quickly becoming more and more anti-landlord. And that is not the case with uh, the tenants or the owners of those sorts of buildings and the tenants. The laws really haven't changed uh, from the people I've spoken to in the space. Yeah. Yeah. Triple net lease. That is uh, that as far as passive investing, that is as passive as you can get while actively. Well, not actively while owning the asset itself. Um, yep. So that, that's yep. a Great choice, great choice, and multifamily also. Um, I mean, that's a that's a pretty standard one. Obviously, it's needed everywhere. Are you only looking yeah. in the uh, you know kind of the mid east, mid east, <laughs> in the middle of the United States, or um... no? So, so Colorado. I'm sticking with what I know and where I know and where I have um, contacts as far as contractors and brokers and managers, etc. Uh, so, yeah, st- sticking here where I know. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so let's talk a little bit about buying and selling land. That's something that you're right. Yeah. There's not a ton of content out there that people share. Um, I've had a few mm-hmm. people that come on talking about finding good deals, finding good land. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you go about actually deciding whether it is uh, you know, something that you want to buy or not? Sure. So 
let's start with the kind of macro level. I look for failed subdivisions from years ago, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of, well, actually, no, all the markets where I'm buying and selling land were subdivisions done 30, 40, 50 years ago. At the time, they got maybe you know 20% built out, but then they just completely fell apart, didn't end up being built out, didn't grow the way they were expected to. Mm-hmm. Now they are growing, right? Especially the ones I'm in here in Colorado. A lot of people have been moving here. Uh, so, so, so now's the time because there's a lot of people who bought land for next to nothing 30 or 40 years ago. They forgot about it. It's a mm-hmm. sunk cost in their mind. They just want to get rid of it. So they'll sell it at a discount. Uh, and then on top of that, all the preliminary work is done and you have these huge tracks of homogenous lots where it's one after the other after the other. So it's important to uh, uh, be clear that those are the areas I'm going after because it makes pricing very, very, very easy. So when you have 10,000 lots where all the zoning, the size and the pricing is exactly the same other than maybe a couple lemons in there, I just send out land offer letters that have an exact price. They'll say, hey, Gabe, I see you own such and such property at this address. I'd buy it at X price. If interested, call me, sign this, send it back or email me. Uh, It's that easy. So it eliminates the tire kickers because they already know what I'm willing to pay. Um, And so that's how I've gotten almost all my deals. Just recently here, I started to get cold calling set up with my acquisitions manager. So we'll see what comes of that. Uh, I know it works as well because I friends doing it. But uh, yeah, it's been all mailers up until this point. And the pricing is very simple because again, it's not way out, you know, east of Colorado Springs, for example, east of where I live, there's all these huge tracts of land where everyone's unique. And the situation as far as utilities is different for everyone. And, you know, it's, it's all the same. So it's very, very simple. Gotcha. And these are already entitled or are you doing yeah. the entitlement as well? Oh, they are. No, okay. no, they are sh- shovel ready is the term, the term I like. I could go start building, you know, tomorrow if I had the permit, right? Because all the utilities are there, they're zoned, everything's ready. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Um, that's interesting that they're, it's a division that basically failed. It's, you said mm-hmm. like the 70s, I'm sure Colorado. Um, are you in Denver or what, what city are you in? Colorado Springs. So I'm an hour Colorado south of Springs, Denver. Right. You told me that. Yep. Um, yep. So I'm sure back in whatever that time frame, you know, that they didn't, they stopped growing, obviously, and they didn't hit mm-hmm. the numbers that they were looking for. And then they just left them. And now it's, yeah. uh, it's for you to pick up. Yeah, exactly. That is exactly right. Um, one of the markets I'm in actually, are you familiar with Lake Havasu? No, I'm not. Okay. Well, so it's in uh, Arizona and it's a subdivision at the base of a lake. And the guy who did, I I guess if you're not familiar with it, it's a little less relevant, but the guy who did that came to Colorado and did the subdivision shortly after at the base of a reservoir about an hour south of Colorado Springs, same exact sort of thing. So it's kind of cool because I can look at Havasu, which was done 10 or 20 years earlier and kind of see, because they're they're almost identical in every way, right? Uh, And kind of see what the progression is going to look like a little further down the road. The main difference is there's far more commercial there. So it's kind of getting to the point where commercial makes sense as far as building more uh, office and, and hotel restaurants, that sort of thing. So it's just kind of interesting to see the, the progression of these subdivisions and cities over time. Hmm. That's, that's pretty cool. And so you, uh, you plan to take the proceeds from that and then purchase the office or, or uh, multifamily mm-hmm. well, yep. for multifamily. Where are, are you looking at specific areas, specific metros or, uh, or what's your plan there? Yeah. Co- co- Colorado Springs. 
just Colorado Springs. Yeah. You gotta love Colorado Springs. I have actually yeah. of all the states, I've never been to Colorado and I've heard it is fantastic. So I gotta get over there at some point. If you like the outdoors, yeah, it's it's a beautiful place and it's always sunny, which is my favorite part. The sky is always blue here. <laughs> it's like the opposite <laughs> of Seattle. Oh yeah. Yeah, I've heard. I've not been to Seattle myself, but there you go. All right. Well, I just checked the clock. We have blown through our time. So I gotta push us into the quick question round. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. All right. It always starts with books. I'm a big bookie, so why don't you give me two book recommendations, one for general life wisdom and one for real estate-specific advice. Okay, uh, Howard Marks, The Most Important Thing. Uh, when it comes to investing, anything that he writes, it, he just he released a new memo here a few weeks ago. He's one of Warren Buffett's buddies, uh, if I remember correctly. Anyways, his thinking about investing is very much in line with mine, except he has you know 50 years of experience. Uh, I highly recommend anything by him. And the most important thing is one of my favorite books. And then, gosh, general life advice. I'd probably say the seven habits. I don't remember six of them, but one of them that I'll remember forever is the idea of imagining you're at your funeral, looking back at your life. That quickly brings into focus what is important and what is worth spending your time on. And it tends to be that things of the ego uh, quickly dissolve and you realize they're not important when you think that way. So. I think uh, the seven habits was the very first uh, kind of self-help, not self-help, but you know what I mean? Yeah. That, that kind of genre yeah. of book. Yep. Um, and let's see here, moving on to the next question. So, all right. So if you could go back to your younger self, I mean, you're, you're relatively young now, but how about the, the, the Dan who was yeah. just in high school, you know, he was just doing those first jobs as a property manager out there in mm -hmm. Colorado, go back to him, give him one piece of advice moving forward. Stick with one thing and be relentless in pursuing that one thing until you're successful. I floundered around for a few years trying to figure out how to make money in an active business. And I could be a couple years further ahead if I had picked one thing and stuck with it consistently. Shiny object syndrome. That is, yep. it is killer. It gets the best of us yeah. about me for a while too. So yep. don't worry about it. But yes, that is a, it's great advice to the younger self. All right, moving on. Um, this one is about habits. Habits are the foundation of our life. So if you could pick point to one thing in your life that you do day in and day out that you feel contributes the most to your overall health, well-being, happiness, what would that be? Exercising every day. Exercising. Good one. Good one. Everybody yeah. says the the morning routine. I'm, you know, morning routines are great. It's not a habit. It's a whole routine. So, you know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to, that's my issue with that answer. But mm. I like, I'm with you. I think uh, the, you know, getting exercise really does. Yeah. It's, it's the foundation of the day for me, at least. And it sounds like Agreed. Agree, so hundred percent. Yep. Great answer. Um, all right. Next question. And this is an opportunity for you to brag a little bit. We are all okay. specifically good at something. Um, we all have strengths and weaknesses, so you are no different. What is your specific Superman strength? What are you exceptional at? Uh, communication, public speaking, podcasting, this sort of thing. This is what I'm good at. Um, useless when it comes to sitting still, accounting, anything detailed, but but anything involving communication, uh, teaching, that is absolutely my my strong point. Cool. I love it. All right. Next question. Um, this one is for the listeners. You've given us a lot of good advice. I'm sure people out there want to reach out, say hi. What is the best way for them to do that? Uh, yeah, just Dan Habercost on uh, Instagram or Facebook. Uh, I'll reply if you shoot me a direct message. And uh, I've got a YouTube channel I just started. So if you want to see videos on any of the projects I'm doing, you can find me there as well. Cool. I love it. All right, Dan, that, uh, that winds it up for us. So thank you very much for hopping awesome. on the show today. 
Yeah, thanks, Gabe. That was fun. All right. And for everybody who's here with us today, thank you guys for showing up. You are the reason we do this. So if you guys have any questions whatsoever, reach out, Gabe, with the real estate investing club.com. Other than that, I hope you guys have a great week. Keep rocking real estate. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Real Estate Investing Club. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode as much as I enjoyed putting it on and were able to pull some actionable advice that you can apply in your own investing today in the field. Before you go, we have a gift for you. If you're a new investor looking to get started or an established investor looking to invest, take your investing to the next level, I've created an ebook just for you available on our website. This ebook, ebook will cover how I was able to create both active and passive income in real estate with very little money to start with. In it, I will address the three most often cited obstacles new and veteran investors run into by showing you how to find deals that are actually deals, how to finance a deal with little to no money down, and how to exit those deals for maximum value. And if you get the ebook today, I am throwing in a bundle of bonuses, seven of them to be exact. The first one will be the off-market lead generation blueprint, which will take you through the exact systems and processes we use to generate off-market leads like clockwork, which is the most important skill when it comes to creating wealth in real estate. The second bonus is the A to Z REI systems and vendors guide, which will allow you to peek under the hood of our business and see the exact tools, systems, and even the vendors we use to see the success that we do. And the third bonus is the top 100 best performing keywords pack, which is which will give you the exact keywords we use to target motivated sellers online using PPC ads. The fourth bundle is, or the fourth bonus is our contracts bundle for wholesaling and renting real estate, which will give you access to all the contracts we use in the field to execute all different types of transactions. After that is the investor's quick analysis calculator and offer tool, which will allow you to quickly calculate whether a deal is an actual deal and will allow you to create an offer automatically from those calculations. This is a lot of, uh, a lot of bonuses that I said. I'm just going to keep going down the list. Number six is the investor's daily success tracker, which is a tracker you can use to ensure you are taking the right actions day in and day out to reach your financial goals in real estate. And the last bonus is the wholesalers template for quick assignment cash, which will give you the templates we use to present our wholesale deals professionally and efficiently to our buyers. Whew, that is a bundle. So it's a mouthful. You get all of those bonuses for free when you download the ebook. All we charge is the admin cost to run the show. So if you're interested in the ebook and the bonus bundle, head on over to the website at therealestateinvestingclub.com. Click on get the ebook bundle at the top of the page to take advantage of that deal. And with that said, I hope you have a fantastic day and even better week. Keep rocking real estate. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. All right, before I officially sign off, I have a quick announcement to make. If you're interested in becoming a passive investor in one of my deals, my own company, Kaizen Properties, is looking for capital partners for our upcoming projects. We invest in what are known as recession-resistant assets, mainly self-storage facilities, mobile home and RV parks, and industrial properties. If you're interested in investing and would like to learn a little bit more about my company, our investing criteria, and some of the previous projects we've done, 
go to the Real Estate Investing Club podcast at therealestateinvestingclub.com and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page. Click on the Invest With Us button. That'll pop up the investor form. Fill that out and we will reach back out to you as soon as we can. Or if you prefer a little bit more of a personal touch, you can reach out to me at gabe at therealestateinvestingclub.com. So really, that is it. Again, it was a pleasure hanging out with you guys during this episode, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.